It's a hot one today. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 4.5, part D. I decided to uh, review the other Firestone Walker vintage beer that I briefly mentioned when I reviewed the Tequila Barrel Sunrise beer. And that one is, and this one is called Mezcal Limon, which is based off of Mezcalita cocktail. That's what we, that's what we got today. It'll be a short one, just like the Tequila Barrel Sunrise, since it is just the review of the beer and a little backstory on the beer. And then I'll try to explain what a mes Mezcalita is and what Mezcal is. It is fairly new to me, so I'll do my best, uh, but all right. Let's, let's get at it. So this is another vintage, uh, vintage beer, vintage series beer from Firestone Walker. It is their first one. So this is the first time they've, re they've released this one. So it is a 2021 and it is Mezcal Limon. It is 13.5% ABV, 14 IBUs. And on the SRM scale, it's a 28. I think it's a... Uh, I think 28 is being generous. Um, it's more of a, I would, I would say it's more like a, I don't know, like a darker Irish red, like a slightly darker Irish red. It's a beautiful beer, beautiful, beautiful beer. So there's, so that's the stats, the numbers. And right from their site, I'm going to read a little S excerpt from it. All right. Years ago, a friend from Mexico introduced our barrel program manager, Eric Ponce, to the wonders of the Mezcalita cocktail. So it was a dream come true when Eric managed to procure barrels from an array of Huaca-based mezcal producers, all with the intent of crafting this mezcalita-inspired beer. Echoing the traditional mezcalita recipe, the specialty base beer was brewed with agave, chili peppers, and sea salt. It was then aged in the mezcal barrels with a complement matured in orange bitters barrels, all finished with a touch of lime zest. The result is a fascinatingly flavorful beer that offers an authentic mescalita sipping experience. All right. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit and break it down. So the, the, the mezcal is a type of tequila, but it cannot be called tequila because it isn't made with blue agave and it isn't manufactured or from regions in Mexico that have been deemed like the only places tequila can derive from, right? So it's similar to the whole, like the whole discussion of not every whiskey is a bourbon, but every bourbon is a whiskey. Nope. That doesn't sound right. Anyways, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not a bourbon or a whiskey drinker. So, um, I'm a, super new when it comes to single malt scotch whiskeys but that's about it and that's a completely different realm as well but you get what i'm saying it's one of those like i guess it, it's actually easier for me to describe the pilsner and the lager so all pilsners are lagers but not all lagers are pilsners that's that's a better analogy there so kind of similar to tequilas and the mezcals right so all mezcals are tequilas but not all, nope. All tequilas are mezcals, but no, that's not going to work either. Jesus. <laughs> Anywho, so mezcal is basically a tequila that isn't made with agave and it isn't manufactured in the regions. That's the simplest way to put it. Um, 
there's a bunch of regions in Mexico that exclusively make only mezcals, and then they make it from a various amounts of uh, agaves that are not blue agaves. So that's really the the real difference. It's I would say mezcals are starting to get um, popular now because I believe some of those producers are finally making it to the U.S. <clears throat> let me let me pull up some some data here, some information, so I can actually talk a little bit more more intelligently on it. Mezcal can be made from over 30 different types of agave, but the vast majority is made from a variety known as agave espadín. This particular kind of agave is primarily grown in Huaca, Mexico, a region known as the home of mezcal. There's, there's the gist of what mezcal is. Uh, there are different regions for mezcal. There's the Huaca region, Durango, Guanajuato, San Luis Potosi, Tamaulipas, Michoacan, Puebla, Zacatecas, and Guerrero. Those are the the regions in Mexico that are primarily growing and producing mezcal. And again, a lot of this stuff doesn't make it to the States. It all stays down there. It's all local. Um, very few small producers make it to the U.S. And if they are making it to the U.S., they, they are probably attached to a like a pretty good distribution partnership to get it into the U.S. Because you're competing against some of the big names for tequila, right? So they got to find a way to to compete, but still bring something new or different to to that to that flavor profile, the tequila añejo type. So that's what mezcal. So that's so the mezcalita cocktail is a variety of things. It is. Um, some of them are made with chili peppers or um, like spices, like the, a, more, a more popular one is tahine and of course salt, very similar to like what, like a margarita or any, anything that's, that could involve tequila as a cocktail. So now you have your base amber beer, right? With a lot of malt, it's a 13 and a half percent. So you got a lot of residual sugar there. Not hoppy at all. The 14% IBUs is literally just so it's so it has hops to balance it and so it can be called beer. And now you toss in some agave, some chili peppers, and a little bit of sea salt. All of that combined, dunk it into a mezcal barrel. So now you're gonna try it's attempting to pick up the distinct barrel characteristics along with the wood, the actual spirit that's in the wood. And then they pull some of that and then dunk that into some orange bitters barrels very similar to what they did with the tequila barrel sunrise beer that i spoke about last time last episode all of that gets you the mezcal mezcalita or the mezcal limon beer so on the aroma again the the sweetness the the fruit that you would kind of smell in the cocktail is there that's really the first thing i get i almost don't pick up the 13 and a half percent the alcohol like boozy phenol phenols that come off of like a boozy drink it's not there it's extremely very very it's extremely subtle very low in that in that space in the aroma now on the flavor man this this beer was incredible it was better than a tequila sunrise and i loved the tequila sunrise 
This one, because it's so high in alcohol and it has more residual sugars, it's sweeter. It's a lot sweeter than a tequila sunrise. The upfront flavor is really, really sh sugary. Um, not cloyingly sugary sweet, not like candy, um, because it's still, you know, there's still CO2, CO2 in there. You still have the, the taste of the bitters, the orange bitters barrel. You have a small amount of the sea salt, very small. And honestly, the chili peppers are hard to find right away. Then as you, as you finish the swallow, now you start to pick up kind of like the leftover heat of the, of the alcohol percentage kind of settles towards the back end. It doesn't really burn, which is good, but it's also very hard to pick up, even though there is just a hint of heat. Now that could also be the chili peppers. Instead of tasting it on the front end, you're getting it on the back end of the swallow. Um, since it is pretty sweet right up front, it's not finishing as dry as you would think, um, but it's still a touch dry. Right? I mean, it's based off of a cocktail and a cocktail, you don't, you're not necessarily downing these like you would a four and a half percent lager. So for it to be dry and wanting you to take another sip would be contradicting itself. But it definitely has a touch of dryness simply due to the amount of residual sugar that is in in the base beer and let's see the last bit that i really i really got i mean it's smooth like it really went down smooth it was kind of too easy to drink um as it warmed up though it was really that's when like a lot of the the big flavors it also and also got a little more boozy towards the end of as it really warmed up to like the actual room temp the ambient temperature here that's when it really was like okay this is tasting more like a true cocktail than like a beer i did pull it out from the fridge so i did have to let it get to about 50 ish degrees i held it in my hand for a while get it warmed up and right away it was it was it was a touch cold but i could tell like the flavors were still coming through but the fact that it was just so easy to drink even later on in the in in the sip or excuse me in the in the swallow and and finishing off the glass i absolutely loved it so much so that i'm me and meredith are going to make the two cocktails where we've started to buy quality tequila not you know not top shelf but also not bottom of the barrel and we've picked up uh with the help of one of her coworkers, two little shooter size mezcals to make ourselves a mezcalita and tequila sunrise i believe we have all the ingredients except for like two um she found a cucumber and basil mezcalita recipe which sounds like amazing we both love cucumber and basils in cocktails so this is like right up our alley it's really i'm really really excited i may turn that into an episode with her um you all let me know Message me, DM me, whatever. Facebook, Twitter, Discord, however you can get a hold of me, Instagram. Let me know if you would like to hear the next episode be essentially a, a discussion on the two cocktails that are based off of the two beers that I just reviewed. Because that'd be kind of cool. Um, you, you'll get to hear her opinion, mine. We'll get to have the drinks, the whole nine yards. So y'all let me know. That'd be awesome. I, again, I would love to do it, but if she doesn't want to, I'm not going to force her. 
so i won't make it and then the next so the next episode will be a discussion just back to beer not, not a beer review it'll be something within the beer world for sure um yeah that's that's really it was it's, like i said this was going to be kind of short i so i picked this i was lucky enough to find this after i drank the tequila sunrise i was able to get two more from costco because i got another shipment in those two are sitting in the fridge the goal is to drink those in a year well the goal is to drink one more in a year and then a year after that so next summer i'm gonna have them again just to see if aging them changes anything to that to that beer and then i hit up one of the one of one of my favorite beer stores here to us and happen to look up where they would keep all the barrels and barreled aged beers, the specialty stuff, sour stouts, porters, all that kind of thing, right? Belgians. And I was like, oh smokes, they have mezcal limon. I was like, yes. So I instantly grabbed one. I didn't even, I couldn't even tell if they had more behind it. I didn't care. Um, I didn't hesitate. I immediately grabbed it. So I was very, I was very, very lucky to have picked one up. And that's what drew me to talk about it on stream as a half episode of beers with Bori on twitch and then the half episode for for the podcast as well again thank you so much for the listens for the downloads for the retweets whatever however you have been supporting and sharing and listening i am truly truly thankful i do want to apologize for this episode being so late i think it's been almost three weeks since the last one uh, just kind of got really lazy <laughs> uh this past week uh so that's the reason why this one's a little late um but also not trying to shortchange, right not trying to to cut corners i do i do really enjoy doing it honestly the hardest part is finding music to go along with what i'm talking about and a little bit of editing because i have so i have so many music choices to go by that artlist.io that I that I always put in the description of every episode and the description of the podcast itself on the main page. They have a humongous library of an of amazing artists and it's so hard for me to decide. It's so hard. I always find like five or six songs and it's it's difficult because they're all amazing, but I also like to find music that goes along with the with the subject. Right? So we're we're talking Mexican cocktails here, beers inspired by the cocktails. So I'm trying to find music that ties into the culture of the country. You know what I mean? And then all the other times that I've talked about just a topic, I'll find a music that I like and I'll either just put it on repeat or I'll find similar genres and then stitch them all together for you all to have something in the background while while I have like the silence. So that's really the hardest, that's the hardest part for me is just finding that those songs to go along with my voice. Uh, I'm not, I don't particularly, I don't particularly like to just hear my voice. I think that's, I, I don't, I don't like that. So I rather have music in the background. Not that there's anything wrong with just having your voice in a podcast. Tons of podcasts are that way. Tons of them. Um, oh, you just heard my phone. Super cool. Didn't put it on silence like an idiot. All right. That's going to do it. That's, that's going to do it on this beer. Extremely extremely beautiful beer extremely tasty if you can find it it is they are vintage beers so they are hard to find their their distribution footprint isn't as big as their standard like year rounds or even their quarterly seasonals but if you see it 
It's it's a yellowish with a white label. Um, they're only 12 ounce bottles. It says mezcal limon right mezcal limon right on it, or tequila barrel sunrise. Either one of these two vintages that have that I've reviewed. Pick pick them up. Seriously, it's worth it. Maybe what at most eight or nine bucks per bottle. Costco had the tequila sunrise version for 6.99 when I bought the two. So uh, thank you again so much. We will see you next episode of Beers with Bori. Till then, everybody stay safe. Uh, we're 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 trying to get past this Delta, this wild Delta stuff. So nothing else changes. You know, wear your masks, wash your hands, and yeah, be careful. Thank you again. Y'all have a great day.